0: Welcome back with me today. We're talking about uh, how we can become a committed follower of Christ, a committed believer. And we're talking about the basic commitment, which is the commitment to Jesus as the Lord and the master of our lives. And what, what is it that would keep us from being that kind of a committed believer? If we've trusted him as our Lord and Savior, Why why is it we want to hold on to certain areas? I think short-term values... Uh, sometimes get to us we fail to take the long look looking into eternity looking ahead you see we live if we live only for now and for instant gratification then we're not going to be able to make such a commitment if we're dependent on what's convenient or what's fun and we ignore the long term if we must have everything now and we get indebted up to our eyelids then that's not going to make life worth living. It's going to bring pressure, and it's going to bring difficulty. 1 John 2.17 reminds us the world and all its desires are passing away, but the one who does the will of God will live forever. Another thing that keeps us from making that commitment daily is past failures. Some of us say, well, I failed so much, God couldn't use me. But you see, God loves to use failures. He's never used anybody who hasn't been a failure. Everyone he has ever used have been failures, and some of the ones he used the most have been the biggest failures. You see, he takes people who are humanly weak and look washed up and have made a mess of their lives, and they commit to him everything, and he makes the best of their lives, and he uses them. Just take, think of all the people in the Bible, Moses, Moses, had made a total mess of his life. God used him. Saul was totally going in the wrong direction, and God saved him, and he became Paul and Peter and others. Some of you say, well, I'm just not good at anything. I don't see how God can use me, but you see, that's, that's as serious a sin as it is to go the other way and be proud because what you're doing is you're doubting God's ability to use you. God's Primarily uses ordinary people, Now and then he'll pick someone of extraordinary ability. But most of the time, it's an ordinary person. So don't say I'm too young, or I'm too old, or I'm too stuck, or I'm too weak, or I'm too incapable, or I'm too one-talented. Just say, God, here I am. Use me. And I think another reason why we we don't make that commitment is because we're so self-absorbed. We think primarily of ourselves. We, we kind of build the world around ourselves. I don't have time for God. I'm, I have to do this. I have to do that. But that's not the kind of thing that really matters. If We have to get our eyes off ourselves and onto the Lord and catch a glimpse of what he's doing in the world. I think another thing that keeps us from that commitment is fear. If I give my life totally Christ, what will it cost? What might God ask me to do? Where might God send me? He might send me to darkest Africa or to a Muslim, Muslim country where things are difficult or I might lose my friends or I might lose my job if I'm really committed. All those fears come from a source called the evil one, the devil, who the Bible says accuses the believers. And he accuses us by causing us to fear and See, if you realize how much God loves you, you can trust him. Whatever he does for you and whatever he uses you to do and wherever he sends you will be the best place possible for you because he is in charge. Well, how do I make that kind of commitment to Christ? Well, examine seriously what's really involved. It's kind of like a ledger in which you put down what it costs, me to commit and what it cost me not to commit and you kind of count it up and see if i give up the right to my life and i and i give up the right to do what i want to do and turn it over to christ and he what he can do is even change your want to's if i if i give my resources to god and my time to god and my money to god and my abilities to god well what's the cost The cost is a better life. The cost is you can make a difference. The cost is you can die knowing that others know Christ because of you. But if you don't, if you never fulfill God's purpose, you live a life of emptiness, a life of worthlessness, a life in vain, a life that doesn't count for anything. And who wants to do that? I don't think any of us do. I think all of us want to make a difference. And we never know the joy of Christ's power and presence until we make that commitment. When a pilot takes a a big plane down the runway, there comes a point of no return in which that plane has to commit to the air, or it will crash. Now, there's not enough runway left to stop. You have to go up. At that point, there has to be a commitment to go airborne and or face destruction. There comes a time for us like that when we stand before Christ and he says, okay, I've forgiven you, I've made you a new person, and you've trusted me, so now it's time for you to really let me begin to work through every corner and avenue and particle of your life. C.S. Lewis said the only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. He's right. It's strategically important. It's absolutely important. If it's really true, then Jesus deserves everything that we are. So I challenge you to specifically make that commitment as a believer that you're going to roll everything off on him, plans, purposes, worries, fears, whatever it might be. Now, to follow that up, I want us to continue talking about what's involved in this commitment. And... And talk about, talk about it from a different perspective. In Matthew, uh, Jesus talks about some of the same things I've already mentioned. But in Matthew 6:24, Jesus said, No man can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You see, your life can easily be explained, and so can mine. In terms of our master, who is the master of our lives? Everyone is mastered by something or someone. It may be money, material possessions, lust, desire for popularity, or it may be Jesus. I want to show you today that Jesus Christ alone is really worthy to be the Lord and master. He alone is perfect. He alone knows the beginning, the end from the beginning He alone is seeking the best for you. He alone has proved his love for you by dying for you. And so I want us to see that, and I hope you'll be with me again tomorrow because tomorrow we're going to talk about how that takes place and what is involved in that kind of commitment. uh, But today, have have a great day, and let Jesus be the Lord.